Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, our featured guest is Kevin Lawrence, and he's a strategic advisor and coach to CEOs and executive teams across the globe. Driven by a relentless passion to help business, business leaders get what they really want. So many are chasing what they think they want, but they don't actually know what they really want. So that's where Kevin helps them. Get what they really want in business and in life because that, those two are very distinct from each other. You could be winning in business and losing in life. So Kevin has coached clients across a wide range of industries over the past 20 years. His unique perspective, which deals with the dark side of the leadership dichotomy and offers 17 practical tips to triumph, to triumph in business without being trampled in life. Kevin helps leaders to build high-performance leadership teams, expand into new markets, attract profitable customers, and increase productivity and profits. Kevin is a key contributor to Scaling Up and author of Your Oxygen Mask First. So many times we try to help others and give them what we don't even have for ourselves. That's what that book's about. So Kevin, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, thanks a lot. I, uh, uh, it's great to be here. And that was an awesome intro, actually. I don't know if there's many gaps. I mean, that's kind of my story. You know, I spend my days helping people to achieve the things they want. And as you've covered off, making sure that they enjoy the ride while they're part of building a great business or a great enterprise or a great you know, social organization. I love it. So Startup Nation, you can find Kevin at lawrenceandco.com. That's Lawrence and coco.com. All right. So Kevin, let's get right into this. Share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Hmm. Well, actually, I think I, I just shared it with you as we were preparing for the show is that I love electronic or what they would call EDM music. And uh, it's just something that gives me a ton of energy and and just it's like it, it it fills my soul i don't know why it does but it just it brings me alive like absolutely nothing else so if you see me traveling i'm either on the phone listening to an audiobook and learning or listening to an edm edm music to get energized or listening to your first 100k with joseph exactly Warren. exactly <laughs> well done well done all right so kevin let's get right into a gilding a giving context to my audience they love context Yep. So how much gross revenue did your business do approximately in the past 12 months? 
well, well, well over a million dollars. Okay. Awesome. And it's, Congratulations. And it's a, and it's, yeah, it's a small firm. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, got it. There you go. Yeah. And so here's why I invited uh, Kevin onto the show, Startup Nation. He kicks ass. And he was referred to, uh, to me by another guest, uh, Nigel um, Bennett, who was on my show previously, who kicks ass. Nigel is like an adventurer. Right, he's a successful business owner, entrepreneur, adventurer. Like he climbs like the peak top mountains in the world. He's got to be outside. And uh, Kevin, you and I were just chatting before the show. Is like, well, how did you guys? How did you both come to meet? And you shared a quick little story. Could you share that story again about the boardroom and and how sure. you met? Because I think there's a business lesson for my audience in that. Yeah, absolutely. So Nigel is a wildly successful entrepreneur and he got in a rough spot in his business. I actually talk about him in the uh, intro of my book. And uh, so his accountant connected him with me and said, hey, Kevin, you might be able to help this guy. He's in a tough spot and he needs more than I could help him with. So I said, hey, sure, why not? So Nigel and I had our first meeting downtown Vancouver and we had the boardroom set up, ready to go. And Nigel sits down and he's kind of like, bouncing around in his chair and he can't sit still and looking anxious. And I'm like, man, I go, Hey, you want to go for a walk or something? He's like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So we had, they, we had that room set up for the whole day. We went and walked the rest of the day. Like we didn't stop walking except to eat at some point. And you know, 15 le- years later, Nigel and I meet all the time. Um, and when we meet, we go for a walk or a hike for two, three hours. And then we sit and have breakfast or lunch and, and make notes and summarize everything. But we walk and talk. Nigel has you know, strong ADD and dyslexia, like a lot of successful entrepreneurs do. And he's not good at sitting still. So it's like, well, why torture yourself and sit still when you do better thinking when you're up and walking? And, and uh, yeah, it worked. it worked. The only time it didn't work is we tried doing it while we were mountain biking. And we're doing some downhill mountain biking on top of it, not cross country, downhill. So we had a wicked ride. Uh, conversation wasn't as good until we got to the coffee shop but uh, yeah so it's basically it's finding that right environment where where people can do their best work and their thinking both it's in my case for him but same for ourselves where do you do your best thinking and that's that's super important it's not sitting in a board I don't do good thinking sitting in an office mm. I do good thinking on airplanes in coffee shops brainstorming with crazy or creative friends um, or in nature but you know sometimes you got to get out of the traditional way of thinking to do your best work I love that. So Startup Nation, right out the gate, Kevin is dropping some value explosions on you. Two very important business lessons for you out of that quick story he just shared. One is, what is your best, most productive, most creative environment? Yep. And how can you put yourself in that place more often, right? So that you could create, co-create with others. The second uh, business lesson I get out of this is always be aware of your client. And what is their best, most creative, most productive environment? If you're meeting with them at a coffee shop and that's not their space, ask them, hey, where do you want to go? Is there a better place? Like do what Kevin did. That was brilliant. And look, it's turned into this phenomenal relationship for years and years and years. So really always be present and check in with your client. Find out what's what works best for them. How do they perform best? All right. So Kevin, let's get into it. Um, How did you... uh, I how did you make your first $100,000 in this business? You're well over a million dollars now. How long did it take you? Actually, before we go there, how long did it take you to cross the 100K mark? 
from zero to 100K? Was it a few weeks, a few months, a few years? How long did it take you? You know, I believe we're going back close to 25 years now. I think it was two or three years and I did it all wrong. And it was blood, sweat, tears. I mean, at one point, I remember because I had left a great job in the, in the corporate world where I was kicking ass. And I went and started my own business. And I was a part of a program that the government had to help you start a business, which was really helpful to help me get started. Really helpful. And so as part of that program, I got going. And I remember at one point, though, it was actually kind of funny. I was so used to spending based on the income I had when I was kicking ass in my, in my sales job. I got myself upside down a little bit financially and actually I had to move back home to move in with my parents. Shush up. I did. So I was like mid, how, huh? How old were you? I think I was, well, I started my business at about 24, this practice or 25. Okay. And I think I was like 27 and so I had what, to move back here with mom and dad. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Kevin. What was that like for you mentally on the inside, knowing that like you're building this company and then you got yourself kind of underwater a little bit because you're, uh, you're spending, you created a lifestyle that was exceeding your income, yep. right? And now you're home with mom and dad. What was that like for you? Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know, it was, it was, it was humbling. I mean, my parents are awesome. So moving in with them wasn't the worst thing in the world. You know, she would help me out and you know, they, they made things a bit easier, but yeah, I remember cause I had to, I, I had to hire a bookkeeper. I was smart enough to have a bookkeeper early on because some the managing the money is a very important thing. And again, my bookkeeper, but bookkeeper was coming to my office in my parents' house in their basement, you know, uh, which That's happened hilarious. to be the same place where I was sleeping and living. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> hey, just, just move my blanket over, yeah. you know, sit on the bed there. Yeah, move the pillow and sit on the bed and you can help me sort out my books. Yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> Listen, start of nation. I know you're listening right now. And some of you are exactly in that place Kevin is describing. Rest assured you're on your way. There's a way out. Okay. So Kevin's going to guide us there. So Kevin, how did you make your first $100,000? Like walk us through what are your top three tips or strategies that my listener can yeah. deploy into their business or their life right here, right now to make a hundred K this year. So uh, first of all, I'll tell you the thing that didn't work. Okay. Is I tried doing it all alone. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I, if I go back, I could, if I went back to do it again, I could make over a hundred K with that skill set I had back then, forget today's skill set, I could make it in a year uh, or, or much quick, probably close to a year, maybe two. Uh, not the at least three I think it actually ended up taking. So what I tried to do it alone. So what I, start, what I ended up doing is I collaborated with my past sales manager and we created a sales training program. He was a master sales manager and sales trainer. But we created our own sales training program. So it was he and I together as a collaboration I was the young keen guy that was hustling. He was the experienced guy that had the credibility and the know-how. So we started collaborating on that. That actually made a big difference and gave me a step ahead. Um, the other thing that I did was networking. And what I started to do is to get out and meet new people. Because the problem I had, oh, I remember now. So when I was, I was living in this beautiful spot downtown, had a couple of roommates. It was a beautiful spot. But when you have to generate business, I, I was good at cold calling, but I hated it and vowed I wasn't going to do it in my business. So the problem is, is that, you know, if you don't, if you don't do cold calls and you're not doing networking, you're not meeting a lot of people, it's hard to build your business. So what I realized was, is this thing called television and it started to suck me in. 
So I actually had to cancel the cable because during the day when I wouldn't want to do it, I would get sucked into watching. Like I was, I was dragging my butt. It was actually, it was brutal. So um, I got myself out there. I started doing networking and, and networking events. And then I started to organize. Uh, so networking events is one. And then the third thing was a mastermind group. I set up a mastermind group with some, um, some people that were my early clients and uh, other people I knew that were really up to cool stuff. And we started to have a mastermind where we'd meet regularly and help each other and challenge each other to grow our businesses. So collaboration, networking, mastermind were the biggest things I did that had an impact on my business. Now, walk us through those a little bit, okay? Because I, I don't ever want um, this information to be generic and I don't want to leave it there. And I know it has yeah. so much uh, more deeper roots there. So yeah. collaborate, the first thing you said is you collaborated with uh, your partner and uh, you brought the, the sales and the skill set, you know, in that area. And then he brought the other side of it, right? And you created this program the sales program together. Yep. Okay, so what could my listener right now, what questions could they be asking themselves to, to start identifying what they yep. could co-create with someone else right now? Yeah, so who is, and the question would be is, who is an existing expert who is a master that you can collaborate with and bring the legwork or the hustle to leverage what it is that they're a master at. Okay. So how do I, as you know, uh, someone who's looking, I, I identify that expert in my industry, in my local area, how do I present myself in a way that's equal to them or that they see value in wanting to work with me, especially if I'm not an expert yet per se? Yeah, well, it's interesting. So, uh, you know, today, even in my, in my coaching practice, I have a number of coaches who are building their practices and then they work with me. I had a meeting with two of them yesterday. They work with me on helping to build out programs that I have ideas for, but don't have bandwidth for. Mm. So there, for example, with my book, your oxygen mask first, we want to build out a certified coach program. We get a number of coaches who are interested in becoming certified and mastering the content. I don't have time for that right now, but I've got two coaches who are up and coming coaches who are super sharp and driven and capable who are like, Hey, we can do that. We'd like to do that. As, in the process, they become absolute masters of the content and they can start to build a following a group of coaches who become masters. So they are keen to leverage something off of what I'm already doing. And if you look at people that are masters of what they do, they often have things like that, that they're keen to you know, coach and mentor, uh, we'll call it, you know, juniors or up and comers who can help them in some way. So startup nation, what I'm hearing Kevin say is that he's the master or expert of his content in his field, in his industry. And he's got up and coming coaches that could be like you that he doesn't have the bandwidth to put together some of these programs all on his own. So they're coming to him and saying, Hey, can we create co-create a program with you? We'll take on like putting it all together and everything like that. We'll master the content and you put your name to it, et cetera. And let's kind of work together. So I get that. That works. That makes sense. And, all and, right. and very successful people usually have way more opportunities than they can handle. Ooh. Right. Got it. And, and as, as, a, as, as a startup, you don't have that problem yet. Usually. <laughs> You have way too many exp more expenses than you can handle. Exactly. That's, that's, the, that's from Kevin's playbook. But, yeah. but it's like, 
really successful people have, they're surrounded by opportunities. I have so many opportunities everywhere around me. And it's about people to help me to maximize those. So in, in every industry, that's true as well. So right? how, would what, how would my listener come and approach you in a way that would get your attention to speak to those opportunities that you're not maximizing, but want to? Yeah, it, it, what, what helps is, is if you can have a conversation with someone to understand you know, a pain point they have or, or opportunities they have they can't get. So if you, it, it comes down to understanding it and you can hear it from people. You know, I, I ended up doing, um, as part of what I did, um, you know, I ended up doing some projects for my mentor at the time. Think of a number of things I did along the way. So it's about listening to people's needs and then looking for places where you can add a value that's mutually beneficial. Got it. Right? Awesome. Those other coaches were looking to add value that was mutually beneficial. But in, 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 in outside of my industry, in every industry, there's opportunities all over the place. Everywhere. You just gotta, you just gotta listen to people's pains or problems or bottlenecks and see if you can help. Love it. I'm clear on that. All right. So number two, you said is, and I'm paraphrasing, cancel your Netflix startup nation, right? Don't be at home watching this, the shows and everything like that. You're going to get pulled yeah. away from building your business. So cancel your Netflix, go out and network. What, what did you find was your number one most effective strategy to create the relationships while you were out networking? Yeah. So I hate networking. Good. Crystal so clear. I. Hate it. Hate you it. put me into a room of strangers at a cocktail reception. It's like, oh. Put like me to sleep. It's painful. Yeah. Now, you know, and I just, you know, I did a big speaking engagements in Australia uh, a few weeks ago as I was sharing with you. And, you know, there would be a meet the speakers, you know, reception. Well, I'm speaking with Pat Lencioni. He's well known. People know him. They don't know me that well yet. So until they'd seen me speak, they didn't know who the heck I was. So at the end of the day, when some people from the team would take me and introduce me to people, I loved it. But cold networking is like excruciating for me. So some sort of networking that has sort of the speed dating component to it, where you get to make a bunch of introductions. I went to structured networking groups and that worked for me. So there's, there's groups where it's structured. Everyone introduces themselves at the beginning of the meeting and they ask for what they're looking for. And then they share any leads or opportunities they have. I found that was best. And for me, they were short term. I, I didn't last long in the groups that I was in because it was almost like I was trying to find the right group. But that show up Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. with a group of people, usually you pay some money because someone organizes it. That structured networking group was really suited me. So as an example, like a BNI, a Business Networking International would BNI, be- BNI was one that I attended and it was really good. There was a great group in Vancouver. I went for quite a few meetings. So BNI is a perfect example of that. Um, I think I went to three or four or five different ones. Yeah, got it. And so it, startup, yeah, so startup, startup Nation, I wanted to just speak to this because this is really a great example. Like Business Networking International worked for Kevin's business my co-working business, I own two co-working spaces here in Tampa. I spent over two grand, bought the whatever year package or two year package, and we got zero leads out of it over that time. So it did not work for my business, right? So that's very important, Startup Nation, is find the networking group or structure that really works for your business. And but if you're gonna do it, get your butt out there at least once or twice a week. And if you're not, you're kidding yourself. 
Business is relationships. It's who you know and how you add value to people. And uh, you know, doing stuff through social networks and things like that is, is, is good as a start. But getting face-to-face -face with people, having coffee, having lunch, having breakfast, that kind of stuff makes a massive difference. Startup Nation, I know exactly what you're thinking right now. You think that, well, you're so good and your product is so good that people should just show up and find you. <laughs> And that you don't need to go out and network like Kevin's saying. I get it. I completely get it. And somehow you're making other people wrong that they're not like hip to how great you are and, and what you can offer them and how you can really save their life right now. But that's not reality. So you're not dealing with reality. You're dealing with fantasy. You think that that's the way the world works, but is it working for you? That's the question you got to ask. Is it working? Yeah. If it's not working, you got to change the approach. What did you want to add to that? Kevin? I just want to say too, and remember when you're networking, you're not just looking for customers. You're looking for suppliers. You're looking for new ideas. You're looking for advice giving sounding boards. You're looking for investment opportunities or opportunities for people that might want to invest in your business or joint venture. Like, There's so many things as an entrepreneur that you need. And this network you build early on, you will use your entire career. There's people that I met in those first five years and all that networking I did that I still have critical relationships with today. And I will tell you one thing, one thing for sure. It's those, it's one relationship that got me to spend 55 trips to the Middle East from one person I met and add value to. And that expanded into all kinds. This woman, Hazel Jackson, I'm eternally grateful for. We ended up helping her. We ended up having some brainstorming when we met and it turned into a life-changing. Another person I met that same day, uh, 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 Karen Beattie from Australia has opened up a whole massive chain of events for me in work I've done in Australia. And as a result, I've been speaking in Australia, helping collaborating on private events with Jim Collins, like amazing stuff that has come from just meeting the right person and adding value to each other. I get that. Startup Nation, let me make a confession here, okay? When I was out start, uh, networking early on with my business, I did it completely wrong. I went out there looking to get. Hmm. What can I get? All those things that you just described, Kevin, I was trying to get them. And that was my intention when I walked into a room. I looked around, who can give me that, this, this, and this? And that was the big mistake I made. And now when I go out and I meet with people, I'm not out to get. I'm literally looking, who can I contribute to? And that changes everything because people recognize that. And the high value people, I believe in the room, whatever room it is, they can spot who's out to get. Oh, yeah. And they can spot who's out to give. Oh, yeah. And they, they're attracted to the givers. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, look, at, we're, we're, we're all young hustlers you know, and, and need to hustle to make stuff happen. But when someone's out to just get, it, it shuts you right down. It's like they're operating on a much lower frequency. And when you're successful and abundant, you, you, don't, you don't play that game. So I, the one thing I must say, I think I did do okay. I might have been focused too much on giving and not enough on getting. <laughs> I, I've <laughs> done that too. Uh-huh. But I, I, what I have learned is adding value to those people. Letting them experience your value and, then make, and whether they do business with you or they refer you to someone who does. Um, letting them experience your value, which is that giving. What problem can I solve for them? Uh, and I don't know how good I was back then, but I know now that is how I think. How can I add value or solve something for them, whether we transact or not? Secondary.
Got it. So Startup Nation, the number one way to figure out how you can add value to people is you have to shut up and listen. <laughs> true or true? So shut many up. of us go out networking and we're yap, yap, yap. Here's my pitch. Here's my elevator pitch. Yap, yap, yap. Instead, just ask people about themselves. Hey, what lights you up? You know, I used to do that. I, I would like people do the standard question in a networking group. They'd be like, uh, so what do you do? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to share what I do in a, a minute, but I really, I, I'm interested in you. Like what lights you up? Like outside of business, like what do you absolutely love to do? And they're like, what? I'm like, what do you love to do? And automatically I stand out from everybody in the room and we start talking about that. And then from there, relationship happens. We're actually laughing and having fun while everyone else is trying to get, get, get. And it's springboards from there naturally. All right, so I'd like to change the direction here of the conversation, Kevin. Let's get into the mental game of entrepreneurship. So really uh -huh. represent yourself to year one there. Big high level uh, question here with a short answer. Why do you think that 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to make their first 100K? Like three different things come up. Okay. Uh, one is they, people have money issues. Sometimes people are afraid to make money. Mm. Uh, and some people have issues. A lot of people that are getting started often have money issues in their brain that holds them back. Um, two and almost, so there's a deserving and truly believing it and wanting it. Um, two is just enough hustle. Like you should be working 60, 80 hours a week. Literally. Like if you're going to hustle and make that, if you're serious about getting something going, it, it, you need to build some serious momentum. Okay. Maybe 40 to 50 to 60, but you got to hustle. Like you can't just sit there and wait for it. Now, if you happen to develop the perfect software platform and you've got the perfect marketing, you still have to hustle. You got to build the marketing engine. You got to get the cash to fund the marketing engine. So I think most people don't work hard enough. Mm. Truly. And there's nothing, nothing. If you talk to any success, there's nothing that cures, that, that cures like hard work initially. And, and what's the third thing that came to mind? So you got uh, believe that you can actually yeah, hustle really hard work. And, and, and sales skills, sales skills. Yep. Interestingly, I was part of another mastermind of, uh, we actually called it the six figure coaches, all coaches that had made at least a hundred grand. And back in the day, that was a big deal because coaches then were kind of just like getting off the ground. And this is in the uh, 90s, early 90s, maybe mid-90s. And um, um, but in, we went around the room and we were all, of, of the coaches in, that were around, the, we were like a group of the, some of the most successful coaches. And we'd meet all around North America to have our own private retreats. Interesting things, we all came from sales. Mm. I think nine out of 10 people had had sales jobs. Mm -hmm. The end of the day, when you're in business, you're convincing people to give their hard-earned cash in exchange for a product or service. And if you don't know how to sell, good luck. So Got it. So Startup Nation, I want to take out the sales stigma. You don't have to be a car salesman. You don't have no. to be outside of integrity. What you can do instead, and this is what I'm learning, right? Over and over again, I get coached on this stuff because I need to be represents, even though I've had successful businesses and I've had a ton of failures, is create sales conversations. And the, the way you create sales conversations, go look for as many no's as possible. Literally get no's. 
the reason why you feel stopped right now and you won't do the sales conversations is because you're scared to get a no, because you're, you're searching for the yeses and you don't want rejection. I get yeah. it, right, Kevin? We, we get that. You don't want to get rejected, but you don't need to. If you go out and look for no's and then get no's, somehow you're also going to get surprised. I remember when I started my spiritual coaching business a few months back and uh, one of my coaches says, go get me 10 no's this week. And I was like, what? Go get me 10 no's this week. I want people to say no Love to you. Love that. Right? And I was like, fine. So I went out to get 10 no's. I ended up getting, uh, speaking to seven people. So I, I, I didn't get the 10. I messed up, right? So I, I got seven. And I uh, came back to the coach. He's like, how'd you do? I was like, well, I went looking for seven no's and all seven said yes. <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> And that's just how it happens sometimes, Startup Nation, all right? So go for no's rather than yeses. It removes the whole rejection fear in your mind. And in my mind, I, I look at also as a filtering process. Okay, how so? Is that, that if you're going to go out there and talk to 50 people, seven or eight of them absolutely want to buy it, what you want. And a bunch of the other ones, they're not ready yet. I'm just trying to figure out which, which lineup you're in. Are you Got the it. yes or the no? It's same concept, but it's like not everybody can say yes. No one's that good. No one has the perfect, I mean, you have a great scenario. That's awesome. We love it when that happens. But, but a lot of times, if people aren't open to it, that's okay. But you're, you're filtering. It's not about you. It's whether they're ready. It's whether, you know, if you're in a muffler business, do they need a muffler today or do they not? If their car is perfectly quiet, they don't need a muffler. Okay. Sorry, you don't need a muffler. If you do, I'm here to help you. By the way, do you know someone else that might need a muffler? Like at the end of the day, you're just trying to find people who need mufflers today. It's, it's filtering. It's not personal. So, and I would also say, as you said before, asking more questions about people is the number one sales skill. You guys, I was in sales. I almost didn't take the job because I hate slimy salespeople. They drive me bonkers. And I had an amazing sales manager who taught me true professional, the most professional selling you can do. It's deeply understanding what people need and trying to find a creative solution for them. It's not, you know, trying to hustle what you got that they don't want. So proper sales is a beautiful process. Beautiful, beautiful thing. And, you know, if you've got a stigma around sales, there are bad salespeople everywhere. But the good ones, you don't even know they're selling. They're trying to solve your problem. So selling skills is abs abs absolutely critical to succeed. Because whether you're just a leader or an owner, you're always selling something to someone. Whether you're selling your employee on a project. So super important skill. The most successful people I know are very good at it. Startup Nation, are you listening? Kevin's dropping it down three times. He's saying sales, sales, sales. You got to get good at selling, period. We're speaking with Kevin Lawrence. You can find him at lawrenceandco.com. That's lawrenceandco.com. Kevin, how do you stay inspired and take consistent action through obstacles and challenges that can sometimes make you feel defeated? Surround yourself with the right people. That's it, isn't it? Is that simple? Yep. I got a lot of amazing people all around me. I've got two different coaches that I rely on for different types of coaching. I've got a spectacular lawyer, a spectacular accountant, a spectacular financial advisor, spectacular writer, spectacular strategic partners. Like I'm surrounded by spectacular. So no matter what comes up and it gets weird regularly, that's part, part of my book in your oxygen mask first, I got a whole section on mental health and it's all about when it gets weird and your brain starts to implode because 
It always does. That's part of the game. That's just how we roll in what we've taken up as a challenge. So you need awesome people around you to support you. It's like, hey, man, I need some help. I'm like, or whoa, like at one point, like four years ago, I had a project that went really into the ditch. It's like a car upside down in a ditch that was 10 feet deep of water and I'm running out of oxygen. It was bad. But I had five different people around me supporting me, working with me. We got through it. You know, you, you lick your wounds and you move on. But it's surrounding yourself with spectacular people, not good people. You know, as Jim Collins says, good is the enemy of great. Surrounding yourself with freaking spectacular people that are just like, oh, wow, I can't believe these people around me are so good. It's another chapter of my book. It's called 14X Advisors. It's advisors that have done it, whatever you want to do 14 times before. It's like kindergarten basic to them so that they're lifting you up and pulling you through these weird things that happen consistently. I like it. All right. So what's the number one daily habit that helps you grow your customer base, grow your profits, grow your business, grow yourself? Number one. Well, I got talk about my book a lot, but I have something in my, in my book called resilience rituals, which breaks down what do you do for your body, for your mind and your spirit. And these are the things that make you strong and continue to grow. It's, it's the most important thing that people neglect and, and, and mess themselves up along the way and they lose their spark. So what's your daily habit for your body? Let's go through that body. I just did this morning. It's, it's a, it's a workout. And even if it's a 20 minute workout with some stretching and something for my body, um, and then, you know, eating super healthy. Got it. All right. Um, And 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 a bit of coffee, my mind, uh, writing, which I did for about only five minutes this morning, but writing to clear my mind and updating my to-do list, which I have not done yet. So updating my to-do list sets me on the right track to focus on my high value activities and your spirit. What do you do? Yeah, spirit, uh, I need to definitely go burn some high-octane petrol. So it's racing cars, racing motorcycles, and just, you know, cranking on the adrenaline. Um, that, that's a big thing for me that lights me up. And, and some sort of any other adventure or experience with friends or people I care about. It could be going on a, on a, a beach, could be a road trip, could be riding bikes, any activity with people I really care about. Got it. Awesome. So Kevin, welcome to my favorite part of the show, the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't over three minutes. <laughs> Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, Kevin, what's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Freedom of time to be able to pick and choose the things I want. Got it. What's your least favorite thing? I Come on, be real. I, what? Man, I love it so much. I, what, what do you I, not love? Administration. I hate anything to do with paper, forms, documentation. I, I hate that crap. And I got people around me who are really good at it, though, so I don't have to do any of it. You see what happens when I just push a little? It's like oh, right yeah. there. It's it's right there. I, I hate that stuff. <laughs> I, hate, I hate forms. Got it. What are you most afraid of? Be transparent. We all have something. I think one of it would be, I'd be mediocre or health issues. I get panicky about medical stuff. Going to the mm-hmm. dentist is like, like almost like a panic attack for me. Yeah, I got it. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Watching TV. Yeah, I got it. What secret fear do you have about people or about yourself? Think 
What do I have? Yes, you can. We all have something like how, how people are going to treat us or how we're seen to people, or there's a limiting belief still within ourself. What secret fear do you have? Yeah. I think somehow about getting ripped off because I've been ripped off mm. a number of times in the past. It's less so than it's ever been though. Mm -hmm. But I think that could be. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yep. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? to team up with absolute experts and learn from the best people so I could grow way faster. It took me way too long to scale this business. Mm, I think that's the overarching message for this show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's a, what's a new habit you want to form? Probably um, as a habit I'm working on around healthy, super healthy eating. Yeah, so I'm doing it. a month of no drinking uh, alcohol. And trying to, but consistently eat super, super healthy and much more in the direction of vegetarian. I, I still love meat and protein, but more a consistent habit around that. Got it. What's a bad habit you want to break? Uh, delaying or putting off um, projects that I'm, I'm not keen on that I should be delegating more quickly, delegating more quickly on some of the stuff I'm trying to get done. Yeah. So as a result, cause I move a little bit too slow on some things. Mm -hmm. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Driven, uh, passionate. Um, and it's something I need a better word for it, but, uh, driven it, passionate and compassionate. Hmm. Got that. And pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Hmm. Afraid. Mm -hmm. um, distracted. Mm. Mm. And too much ego trying to do it myself. Whatever that word, I would say ego, too much, too much yeah, ego, but it was too much of the wrong type of ego. Yeah, I really get that. I truly believe entrepreneurship, success, not a solo sport. Never works. Yes. All right. So last question. If you could come back to life after you died, tell your family and friends only one piece of advice. What would you say to them? Pick, pick people to spend time with that are up to big things in the world that inspire you. So high quality people up to big things in world in the world that inspire you and spend time with them only. I get that raises you up and any final wisdom. What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100 K this year? Yeah, I would go back to the principles in my book. Your oxygen mask first is that you got to go and look at those resilience rituals and make sure you take very good care of yourself. It's all about you. You're the core of it all. And you need to be able to do those things that make you strong, clear, focused, and inspired. And if you over neglect yourself, uh, you're going to run out of gas. So, so that would be my, my, my advice is to got it. do those things that keep you at your best. And Kevin, what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose or to get your book or anything else that you're offering? So the book, Your Oxygen Mask First, you can get it on Amazon. Um, on our site, uh, there's an assessment if you want to self-assess yourself, self yourself on these habits that I found 
are the most successful uh, ways to get leaders either continuing to scale or to get their game back when they get into a slump. Uh, it's just a summary of the most important conversations I always seem to have. Uh, and then lawrenceandco.com. There's tons of videos, resources. You can get access to the workbook that we provide to go with the book, all kinds of stuff. So all the best stuff is on, on the site, lawrenceandco.com. Startup Nation, do you enjoy my show? Do you love listening to your first 100K? Do you love these stories of entrepreneurs like Kevin Lawrence that I bring on the show and they just get real and they get raw and they don't try to look good. They don't try to avoid looking bad. They just say what's so. Hey, here's what I struggled with. Hey, here's what I did about it. Here's what you can do. Do you love that? Is it inspiring you? Is it helping you to grow your business and maybe grow yourself? Then go subscribe on iTunes if you haven't done that yet. Write a five-star review. Write something really awesome about Kevin. This guy rocks. I only bring on rock stars. So go do that now. Kevin Lawrence, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you peace, love, and your next $1 million, my friend. Thank you very much. It's been awesome. This has been the best show I've ever been on. I love it. Thank you very much for having me. You got it. God bless. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.